Hello and welcome to another episode of Everything is Canada, Sinless Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Duncan. However you may have found your way here, thanks so much for tuning in. In this podcast, we invite authors from all genres onto the show to discuss their latest books and novels, as well as just about anything else that comes to mind. If you want to reach me, there are several ways to do so, but the best way is to email me at steve at cinelinks.com, or you can always find me on Twitter at stevedunk5 or at everythingcanon. Today in the show, I'm talking to Brent Lambert and L.D. Lewis, two members of the black speculative fiction literary magazine FIA and two of the architects behind FIACon. If you've been living under a white rock, FIACon is, for the past two years, a virtual convention centering the perspectives and celebrating the contributions of black, indigenous, and people of color in speculative fiction. The event is hosted by FIA Literary Magazine and carries a variety of entertaining and educational content surrounding the business, craft, and community of speculative literature. Put simply, it's a massive breath of fresh air and celebrates so much of what I love about storytelling and the publishing community in general, and has been my favorite convention the past couple of years. Authors themselves, we talk about a great many things, including the future of FIACON, the year that was, the upcoming Hugo Awards at Discon 3 event in Washington, and much, much more. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the show. As always, around these parts, we encourage supporting authors and stories that affirm the lives of people other than ourselves. Each time we either engage in a conversation, whether it be online or face-to-face, now that we can do that again, or each time we participate in the market with our purchasing choices. Um, December is pretty light on the monthly uh, social media calendar, but there's a couple of days worth mentioning. December 1st, of course, is World AIDS Day. December 3rd, Persons with Disabilities Day. Um, December 8th is Pretend to be a Time Traveler Day, which is a good one. December 10th and the 10th and 17th is Human Rights Day. So let's make sure we keep an eye on that one. And then, of course, something we should be doing all year long, not just because the Gregorian calendar tells us to. So as the year 2021 wraps up, feeling very much like last year at this time, hopeless and shitty, I thought it'd be nice to end the season of the show with a little bit of hope. I, of course, relying on my guests to inject me with some of that as I, I save basically none for myself. If you've listened to the show, then you know I'm very attracted to people who have gall, the will to act, and my guests today definitely have that and more. I would even go as far as to say that they are revolutionaries, rabble-rousers in their own way. Easily the best virtual event the past two years for me is, uh, and for me and many others, has been FIACON, and joining me today are two of the architects of this event. Brent Lambert heavily believes in the transformative power of speculative fiction across media formats. He resides in San Diego, but spent a lot of time moving around as a military brat. His roots are in the Cajun country of Louisiana. Currently, he manages social media for FIA Literary Magazine and just had an anthology produced with Tor.com titled Breathe FIA. He has worked published with FIA, uh, Anathema Magazine, Cotton Xenomorph, Baffling Magazine, and upcoming Beneath the Seasless Skies. He can be found on Twitter at Brett Lambert, talking about the weird and the fantastic. Ask him his favorite members of the X-Men and you'll get different answers every time. Maybe we'll, we just might, maybe we'll do that. Welcome to the show, Brent Lambert. Hi, Brent. Hi, thank you for having me. I need to update that bio. I, I was just going to, I, I, <laughs> I say, I, every time I read these bios, I'm always like, it feels, I always ask this question and we'll ask LD the same question here in a second, but is it feel weird listening to somebody rhyme this back to you or? Um, at first, yes. But yeah. now, like, yeah. I think is this, this has been a weird year. It's like, I'm starting to really just like l- learn to be comfortable with some of the things I've been uncomfortable with. Um, it's, yeah, it's funny because, and ideally, you want it to get longer, <laughs> right? Hopefully. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> but I, but some of them are like, I remember talking to, early in the year, I was talking to Fen, uh, Fenderson about uh, Master of Gin. He came on the show and his, fuck, I mean, you guys would know, his resume is, is oh, yeah. stacked, right? I had to like edit it down. And he, we get to the end of it and he's just like, the first thing he says is like, did I do all that? <laughs> and I'm like, damn right you did, man. Um so it's yeah for some people it's strange and then some guests just just don't even want to hear the personal stuff they just want to hear you know talk about their uh their accomplishments right their books and stuff but anyways um joining us also ld lewis is an award-winning sff writer and editor and publisher at fireside fiction she serves as the founding creator art director and project manager for the world fantasy award-winning and hugo nominated fire literary magazine she also serves as the founding director of Hugo-nominated FIACON, chair of the 2021 Nebula Conference, and awards manager for the Lambda Literary Foundation. She also acquires novellas for Tor.com, research for the LeVar Burton Reads podcast. She frequently bothers the publishing industry by authoring studies about the treatment and experience of racially, ethnically marginalized authors in speculative literature. She's the author of A Ruin of Shadows, and her published short fiction and poetry includes appearances in FIA, Podcastle, Strange Horizons, Anathema Spec, From the Margins, Lightspeed, Fireside Magazine. She lives in Georgia on a perpetual deadline with her copy habit and impressive Uncle Pop collection. Please welcome to the show, L.D. Lewis. Hi, L.D. Hi. 
Same question. Weird hearing your bio read back to you? Or? It's, it's always weird. Yeah. Um, I, I never remember what version of the bio I send people. <laughs> um, it, it looks like you have the most relatively recent one. I okay. think that the end of the end of the, the the current one mentions I have two cats, one of which you will hear playing oh. in the background because she doesn't start playing until I'm doing something. So of course not. there's yeah. Yeah. there's a ball rattling around in a cardboard box. And so if you hear any clapping, I'm gonna go get it in a minute. But perfect. That's, um that's great. So <laughs> Impressive Funko Pop collection. Okay, so let's just say you have to leave your apartment for some reason in a hurry. You've got the two cats. You can only you've got room for one Funko Pop. What's it going to be? Just one. Only one. Pop. I mean, I guess you could leave a cat behind if you want, but <laughs> to make room for another Funko Pop. I mean, Mochi will not stay in my arms no matter what. So okay. Um, who do we got? Uh, well, if you if one cat's on, you know, running free, then you you got room for another Funko Pop if you want to throw. All right, in there. I'm gonna go with uh, with Demona Gargoyle. Nice, yep. Um, second one, if I can squeeze it in, it's very very large, but it's the it's the pop from um, the uh, Lincoln Park Hybrid Theory. Okay, nice. So nice. It's, it's a substantially larger box, but right. I mean, I can I, I I can figure it out. We'll figure it out. Right. I'll make it work. That's right. Nice. Um, Brent, do you have any uh, Funko Pops or any weird? Uh, that's not weird. Sorry, I didn't mean that. Do you have any? No, uh, no. Like, <laughs> it, uh, no. it is weird. It's, I know. You know nonsense. what it is. It, no, it's listen, nonsense. Final. Um, the world's um, on fire. I shouldn't be collecting them, but here we are. No. Well, I somebody made a joke one time. You know, like in hundred years, the only thing left on the earth will be Funko Pops. But uh, <laughs> um, listen, I have got uh, an abnormously large uh, Simpsons toy collection. Um, what else do I have? That's really the only like physical thing I have. Everything else is is screen prints and posters and stuff, and of course books and LPs. But Brent, what do you got? I mean, my I guess my only thing is like I have a very large notebook collection. Okay, which is the thing. So yeah, yeah. Which yeah, me me uh, Lakeisha share that we have a, a large lo- notebook collection. So if I was going to grab one. I would grab the one that I'm never gonna open. It's this. Uh, <laughs> All right. It's, it's well, and okay. So it's it's the story behind it. My brother got it from me when he was um stationed in Baghdad, and he got it from a bazaar, and he got it like custom made for me, and oh, it looks haunted, and I have not opened <laughs> it, and I have no intention of opening it ever. And I actually keep it in like a place of reverence in the um, my little studio because I'm like, I don't want to piss it off. Yeah, it's, <laughs> so. it's like it's like the it's like you have like the the Warrens basement, you know those Conjuring couple that are investigating, yeah. and they have all their weird shit in the basement. That's what. Yeah, you just you're like I'm not gonna disturb the doll. I'm just gonna leave the doll in the glass case. Yeah, yeah. I have yeah. no intention of ever opening this notebook. It's, I mean that. I mean that's a. I mean Jesus, that's kind of a book right there. You could write a story about. Yeah, you know, it's not like that's the start of a lot of horror movies and thrillers and books. And stuff, right. Isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, speaking of notebooks, I'm holding uh, Fiacon 2021 in my hands. Gorgeous, green, yes, beautiful. Was, yes, the swag. Here. Yes, the, sw- yeah. the swag was wonderful this year. Um, the prints too. The art. Oh, you guys, you crush it every time. Um, uh, LD, I guess you would take you would get the credit for uh, for this year's, wouldn't you? Yes. Yes. For, for all of the years. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I, I just, I just meant this was your last year, I guess, right? For, yeah, 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 yeah. This yeah. is. Um, uh, I've been there since inception. Uh, right. Five years as art director. And right. Now right. I'm, we've, we've passed that baton. I'm now art directing over at Fireside, so it's not like I can, you know, avoid it entirely. But. Right. 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 Um, I assume you know there's some perks there. You must have a pretty, pretty wicked art collection, just prints and postcards and. I do. Um, this is an audio only format, but I do have like a room of yeah fire covers because I can. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, I'm a big screen print movie poster guy. I'm currently surrounded by them and have uh, architecture drawers full that will never see sunshine and all these oh, types of I, things. I, yeah, I, I need like a, an archi- um, an architect cabinet. That, yeah, that giant flat. Yep. Yes. Yeah, there it's uh you need it. It's so handy. It took me I was it took me a long time to get them because they're really they're actually fucking really expensive. <laughs> but they are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saved up and saved up and finally got one and I was so happy. Um all right. Well, thank you guys so much for being here. Like I said, this is gonna be uh one of the second last show of the year. Um 
and just sort of just sort of like wrapping up the year and and uh FICON is so great and it's so important to me i look forward to it so much um and i'm just like a dumb white guy and and i know how important it is to the community and it's so wicked and i know that you both like i said you, to me you guys feel and, and not just you two but the whole team um not just at FICON but at the uh, magazine as well you guys feel sort of like revolutionaries to me a little, you know, because I feel like it's this idea of, uh, you know, if the industry is not going to come to you or, you know, the industry is not coming to you. So you, you have to do it yourself. Don't you? Right. Like if we, you know, we, we are a, a fuck it, we'll do it live crew. Yes. Like what's the, <laughs> you know, the, uh, yeah. The, uh, what's the Obama quote? We are the ones we've been waiting for. Right. Or whatever. Or that, something, yeah. something yeah. like that's, that. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's the, that's the nice one. That's yeah. Nice. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like yours better. Um, so having said all that, it's, I know, like, I fucking know that you guys inspire other people. I just know it. And, and I'm sure you guys know it too. You I hope would, so, damn you, it. Yeah, is... I would I would hope even if, if you haven't been told, I, I'm telling you, and I, I'm sure you have been told. But I'm sort of curious to know a little bit more about you guys. So if you guys are inspiring people, who inspires you? Maybe even like give me a uh give me sort of like a classic one and give me a contemporary one. And it can be it doesn't have to be even in, in publishing necessarily. I mean, inspiration is inspiration, and that's what drives drives you guys to be the best you can be right sure. yeah i guess i don't yeah i don't know i, I think I'm, I'm more um uh rage and righteous indignation less yeah. i i take my inspiration from um adversarial uh people right content scenarios um brent is much more he's he, he is my my better half um in <laughs> very many ways um so i'll, I'll let him lead on the inspiration um, I guess if I had to say, like, a contemporary person, someone who I always, like, look to, I mean, she, she's, a, she's, like, one of the most phenomenal actresses out there. Um, I, I always, Viola Davis is, like, one of my big role models, and I love her, and I, and I feel like the way she approaches the work, and, like, I've always been that kind of person, like, I just want to do the work and do it well. And if anything comes out of it, if accolades or awards or whatever come out of it, that's just a side effect. I just want, I take um, pride in doing the work well. And she's like that. And mm -hmm. so I've always admired her. And like, I think I don't really fan out, but like I would fan out about her. I would probably be like a bubbling mess and not know <laughs> how to talk about her method. <laughs> um yeah so that's my contemporary one but i guess like a a classical one um i think of like uh what's his name i know his name oh marlon brando and like in terms of like how he used his platform to allow other people a chance to speak right and and i think that's something we've always tried to do is like we're never doing this for ourselves. We're never doing this to, to make um, ourselves better or have a better platform or, you know, whatever. We want other people to have a chance to speak. And we want other people who've been ignored and have been marginalized and push, pushed aside a chance at the mic, basically. Yeah, LD, maybe remember where I pulled this quote from, but you said, working for with fi has opened a lot of doors for me and i can't wait to offer this opportunity to someone just as passionate about growing exposure of black artists that might was that in your farewell message maybe your art director farewell message um that, that sounds Some, that sounds about right it was either like in the in the formal message or yeah in the tweet but um, um yeah we we created a space um that in the, the success of that space ended up um you know putting us in better positions um I, I think, especially like with our being able to do the, the conference and um, all this other stuff, um, you know, it's it's good to to be able to. Okay, now I have plenty of work to do, and it's time for me to step aside, and let somebody else get some of this shine, so that they can, you know, bring more attention to their own project. Right, that's kind of one of the things I love about the magazine as well. I've, I've you know, I've had Justina on the show a few times, and talked to Fenderson a couple times, and they've, you know, of course, speak very fondly of their time there and and the things they've done with that magazine and how it's, 
I mean, it, it's, it's one of these things where it feels like, you know, whether, you know, we, we know the story of sort of, it's, it's maybe like the firecracker of what maybe really got you guys to start like FIACON and the Ignite Awards, for example, that the 2020 event that we won't talk about, but uh, George, George, uh, you know, I gotta, I'm just going to say this right now, too. Speaking of, <laughs> well, talk, I want to talk about the Hugo Awards, actually, just the ones you're going to be attending, not past ones necessarily. But this year, you nominated for a couple of things. And it's really funny, on the webpage, they have one of your awards listed right above the uh, George R. Martin can fuck off into the sun. <laughs> I'm just <laughs> like, you couldn't write that story any better to have yeah. that listed right under yours, right? So that's just perfect. Um, but just this idea of, uh, what, you know, yeah, maybe there was that sort of spark that sort of maybe really got you guys in motion, but I feel like, you know, there's that theory about math sort of in the universe, right? Where like, did humans create, create math or was it just inevitable because everything is math, right? The universe is based on math, the earth, all of us, right? Um, so I kind of feel, agree or disagree with me. I just feel like, sure, maybe, you know, the guy who takes way too long to write one book, got things going going for you <laughs> but uh i feel like it would have happened i think you guys would have i feel like it, it was just eventual you guys agree with that or uh, I, I mean maybe because there was a space for it re, 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 either way right yeah we've, we've been on the on the ballot for a few years now right. um yeah the the magazine entity at least has been up for semi-prosing Three. This is our third year. Third year, yeah, third year. Yeah, yeah. first one was twenty nineteen. That's when we had our, our 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 meetup where you know <laughs> yeah. the team actually got to uh, meet each other in person for the first time. Um, you know, to to watch to watch that and watch us lose, obviously. Um, and then there was last year's fiasco, um, and this one. So yeah, we've we've been on the ballot. Um, Repeatedly, um, and I, I think that we could be possibly for the foreseeable future. Um, it just a lot of things happened in the last year mm -hmm. um, to kind of garner us more attention than we've ever had, mm -hmm. um, and uh, those things will inevitably happen again because a lot of them were negative, and that's 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 usually that, that's what happens. Black people, when we are celebrated for anything, we're we're haunted, mm -hmm. right? We have ancestral anguish. Essentially, there's there's something that's happening in the world that, um, you know, someone had to die in order for us to be seen, essentially. And so we always owe our advancements to those people. And so last year, that was Breonna Taylor and George Floyd all of a sudden it became time to give black people money uh, and, and support their dreams and their projects. Um, and so we got a bunch of uh, money off of that. And then of course, George fucked up. Um, so we got more attention. Um, so it's, it's all these negative Hold on, were you in cahoots with George? Uh, oh God. No, no. I'm, no, I'm, no, 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 no. I, I hope, you know, that one day we're in this, the, um, the same room together and um, we can drop a little Fia in there and see if you can. <laughs> <laughs> but we are, um, it's it, it, a lot of things happened um, yeah. last year. So, you know, maybe we'll make it a bit further than just being on the ballot this year. Yeah. Um, but even, even if we do, that will be owed to misfortune. Sure. Yeah. And, and like, that's what, but, you know, the, clearly there was, you guys must see, obviously you must see it and feel it the enthusiasm for FiCon and the ignite awards and stuff like this clearly there was a, a want there for that right and a, and a yeah. need too that's sort of what i mean i feel like it, this this was inevitable like this type of event would have happened whether you know that guy opened his mouth or not um, we wanted it to yeah really badly yeah. that was one of our when we we were kind of vision boarding back in 2016 about what this could potentially be right um we were like yeah we want to do workshops and retreats and the convention and all of this other stuff um and then we just all of a sudden got a bunch of money and were able to pull it off like covid made it easy another horrible thing that ended up happening and we you know made lemonade uh 
it's it, it made virtual things, um, you know, more commonplace. And so we were able to, you know, make a, a convention out of it. Uh, so yeah, I, I think that definitely would have would have happened yeah. um, at some point. But um, um, I, I don't know if people would have needed it, you know, later on down the line as much as they needed it. Now. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I hear you saying for sure. Um, Brent, did you guys see? I talk. I know. Again, talking to uh, you know, there's. I'm not expecting you guys who've listened to my show at all before, but basically, my mandate was for a couple of years. I've flipped the 8911. So instead of 89% white, my show is 89% marginalized people. Um, and I've talked to a lot of them last year where, yeah, they saw that the June bump, right? And mm-hmm. then of course, like we've, it's like a gra- any graph we could pull from history that seeded, you know what I mean? It didn't last very long. Right. Did, you guys, did you guys see that with the magazine? Oh yeah. With the magazine and, and Viacom support, yeah. Yeah, cause like that's how we were able to go pro for right. the first time. Like right. we were never able to be a pro magazine until until that occurred basically yep. and yeah it was crazy like it was just like wait what happened like how did yeah i i, I we we've been doing the work for years right right right, right. we've been here yeah. like right. yeah right i assume though you didn't you guys have probably seen this you've probably seen that shtick before too hadn't you sort of maybe like that the, a feigning interest that occurs once in a while and oh, maybe, yeah. right provides a little peak and a little bump. And so yeah. I'm sure you, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's, it's probably fair to, you know, just being, it's not even cynical. It's just reality. Isn't it? Like just waiting for that graph to sort of drop, drop low again. Was it? Yeah, no, I mean, we, we knew it. We even like, I remember we, we used to in the back channels talk about it. We're like, Oh, well, this is great. This is nice. But it's like, why do these opportunities and this this money and everything else have to come when right. we're exhausted and we're all tired and we're all needing a break? It was like you like because um, this is outside the magazine, but, you know, we saw people saying, oh, we want to see your manuscript. And so we had black writers talking to us. And they're like, they want to see a manuscript when we're all right. I'm, I'm, grieving. I'm, right. Grieving. I'm grieving. Like we're, we're tired. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. It's like you but want let it me now? find some like way you... to put that to the side in order to make sure I can strike while this particular iron is hot. Right. Madness. Yeah. And it was just like you couldn't put like a, a six month waiting period on this thing. Like give us time to bounce back a little bit. And so yeah, so that was that was frustrating because they felt like more people were interested in feeling good about themselves than actually doing the work. Yep. Yeah. I was talking to um, Roseanne Brown recently. I, I also blog for We Need Diverse Books and I had her on there and uh, we were talking about, uh, it's easy to see the blackout women on Good Morning America and Kwame and his, and his friends on a couple of weeks later and Ayana Gray's success, like these sort of like little flashy moments in it. You know, for me, as somebody who's very cynical about everything, I'm like, well, who is that in service of? And, you know, is that a sign that the industry is changing even the tiniest, tiniest little micro bit and talking to Rosie about it. And it, she had a really great answer with, you know, it's the industry isn't going to, and never going to change top down. It's never going to be an industry down change. The change is happening on the grassroots level. And that made me think of you guys like right away, because this is, you know, what you guys have done with Viacon and the magazine going back even further Again, that's not the industry calling you guys saying, "Hey, we want you to start a magazine up. We want you to do, you know, do your own do your own uh, con with your own awards." That's you and your team doing that, taking the initiative, and that's what I meant about sort of being revolutionaries in that sense. Because here you are, you're not you're not waiting for the industry to change because you'd fucking die waiting for the industry to change, right? Right. So, is that talk about that spirit? How it is it is on the ground, it is grassroots, and I mean, I'll, I'll ask the question, but I probably know the answer. Like, do you, do you get any sense after, you know, so many years of doing the magazine now and then now two years of Fiacon that is there any, any fucking, is it needle moving at all? <laughs> like at all? Well, I haven't done, let me see. Last study I did was, let's see, 2019. That was looking at, um 2018 there's been some um progress and that's mostly because um 
there are a lot more black people on mastheads now than there were, you know, when we started. Right. Um, Giganotosaurus, um, fantasy and science fiction. Uh, what is what is Arlie doing? Fantasy magazine. Yeah. There. Fire so Castle. there's. Yeah. So there's. You know. There. There's more happening, but it's because it's it's top down. Um, do we see those reflected in things like best ofs, uh, compilations, award lists, stuff like that? Um, that's that's going to take some digging. I want to say not necessarily, but that's because I have all Ignite word, awards on the brain. Right. So um, right. I, I don't want to throw anyone under the bus unnecessarily. But <laughs> right. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm sure the numbers are not dismal, um, but um, you know I, I'm not sure that they're proportionate either. Right. I mean, for me, I guess I have to, in order for me, I try to find joy in the personal wins that I know of, as opposed to thinking about it on the industry level. Because I feel like if I think about it on the industry level, I'm just going to get pissed off. So I like to think about like um, all the people who have debut novels who started off with their first publication in Fire. Um, Veronica Henry, uh, C.L. Clark, Eden Royce. Um, Hell, this is, I know there's a couple of others, but you know, Geneva just, got her got her award for best. Well, that was a Hugo too. Oh, best um, yeah, best yeah, best artist. So you know, I, I like to think of those things because, like, unfortunately, and this is one of those things I, I try to tell people about just like life in general. Like, you, you, nine times out of ten, you're never gonna know your impact, like the full extent of it. So you gotta find what you can and and be happy with that and just still do the work anyway. I say that a lot, but I I really do like focus on the work is the right. big thing. And may not even get the credit for it either that you deserve. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's history is, is, you know, full of people we've never heard of who, yeah, to your point, did the work. Right. Right. Because you guys are so entrenched in, in, you know, again, making things happen and for other people, um to your you know like you just said just right now when you sit down to do like your own writing when you're you know if you have time um <laughs> the hell he doesn't look like she's got time <laughs> um how does it feel then to have to sort of revert back to you know because there is this sense of of even more now because of social media you know authors are expected to do a little bit more self-promoting and self-marketing than they used you know back in the day it was publicist publicized and you know writers wrote and that was that that was the arrangement right but now it's that's all gone. You know, I've again, talked to so many authors who have been, who told me have been asked by their publisher to do more marketing on social media. And I'm sure you guys have heard the same stories and not everyone's comfortable doing that. Talk about social media. You both, it's funny, LD, the way you described sort of that inspiration question earlier, you both, you pretty much described the difference between you and Brent's Twitter feeds as well. Yes. <laughs> Which, and, and by the way, I enjoy both equally for those reasons too, because um, I'm all, I love, you know, I, I don't know. I just like seeing people called out on their bullshit. And I also loves, I also love Brent's just, you know, enthusiasm and, and, uh, you know, these this is why of, we make such a great team. That's right. You're both two halves of the same, whatever, the right? Yeah. Good, so yeah. talk about navigating social media then when, just when you're maybe trying to do your own thing and, and how that's, uh, how that's, cause that's, this is only a few years of this. I know Twitter's been around for a lot longer than that, but it's really changed the last two, three years. Well, um, I don't, I, I don't have this absolute dogged hate of social media that I think some people have. And I have thoughts about like why I think those people hate social media. And I think some of it's self-inflicted because it's, well, you make the space. You, I mean, and I, I, I don't, ah, I hate to be judgmental. I don't want to be judgmental. So I'm trying to think of the right way to put this, but you kind of attract what you put out there. And I can honestly say my timeline is generally joyful and pretty happy. And, and it's usually focused on the things that I want to talk about because that's what I do in my own space. Mm -hmm. And, and I think a lot of the people that run into these problems about, Oh, I'm being torn down by social media. Oh, they're attacking me all the time. Oh, this sucks so much. I have to question how much of that is self-inflicted and how much of it could be reversed if you spent your time uplifting other people or talking about other people's works or, you know, because again, like you said, yes, authors are called to um, 
promote self, you know, self-promote market, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But I think what a lot of authors forget, one of the easiest ways to get people to talk about your work is if you talk about theirs. Mm. And and I, there's, there's a lot. And I mean, I'll be honest, there's a lot of authors out there who I never see talk about anybody else's stuff but their own. And especially not anyone who's at a lower career level than they are. Right. So I don't I don't think Twitter is this this evil dogged monster over your shoulder that some people make it out to be. And if it becomes that, some of it's your fault. Yeah. I mean, there's there's some there's some arenas and we were talking about it earlier with Ayana Gray where she experienced some some racist yeah stuff yeah, there, at, some, yeah on Instagram like there's you know there's you can't curate that because you right, are you right. are the, you are the event right like you are right. the, the reason that people are coming there but you know yeah exactly sort of to your point um, Twitter is very like malleable isn't it like you can make it what you want you could make it as violent I, I find with like I said for me with Twitter it's like you can never have just a great day on it or a totally bad day. For some reason, it finds a way to balance. Um, now that's from a, a, for sure from a white perspective. Um, but like, because of Twitter, I've met some incredible people and I, got, I get, get to connect with people like you and authors that I love and some authors I've become friends with because of Twitter. Um, but at the same time, yeah, like sometimes it's really fucking shitty. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but to your point, you, yeah. You have to curate your space. Yeah, you have to, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, it's okay. So I have, I have a block list of about 4 million people. <laughs> um, and I'm, I'm not sorry for that. Sometimes I will find a trending topic and just find a horrible tweet. And I will just go down the list and block everyone who responded to it in a horrible way. Um, because I know that these are people I'm never going to want to engage with. Um, so it comes down to what Brent was saying. You, you attract, you know, what you put out. Um, it also comes down to um, knowing when to opine and when to listen. Uh, a lot of people kind of feel the need to chime in on absolutely everything uh, when they, A, it, 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 A, it's either none of their business, B, they don't know what they're talking about, uh, <laughs> uh, C, they've just got the genuinely, the, the, the I'm not going to say the wrong opinion, but you know the opinions that you can voice on Twitter and you know the ones that you can't. You you know how that space works, especially as much as um, you know a lot of book Twitter is is on Twitter. When you're extremely on Twitter, you know the conversations you can have. You know the conversations you can't. That's when you make friends and you have those discussions privately outside of a space where literally millions of absolute strangers who don't give a shit about you can come and tell you that you're a piece of shit for saying what you said. Right. So. It, it really, it's, it's absolutely, it's, it's user error yeah. a, a lot of times. Um, and that's, that's how I, I stay out of just about everything. I'll talk to Brent about absolutely anything, but you won't see me saying shit on Twitter. Yeah. Right. And it, there's plenty of times. Like I, I don't I have will, the time. Right. right. That's right. right. It, 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 there's plenty of times like I will see something that's like the topic of the day and I'll read through the comments. And I think a, a part of this too is, okay, writers have egos. We all think that our opinion matters to some degree, but you know what? We got to check ourselves because I will go through the topic of the day sometimes and I will see someone already said what I was thinking way more eloquently. Okay, I don't need I don't to, have say, to say, anything. say anything. Nope, it's been said. <laughs> it's fair. been said. Why That's do right. I feel the need to chime in to be part of the, you know, the discussion? Sometimes you just need to sit back and watch or go find something else to do. That's like right. that, you know, I think you have to have some kind of self, some self observation. Like I know this, like if I'm on Twitter and I'm starting to feel annoyed or irritated or whatever, I'm like, you know what? I'm turning this off. Yeah, I, you I don't have, a, have to be there. You don't have yeah. to be there. Right. I don't that, have that, to. Don't, yeah. You don't have to be there. If you take anything at all, listener from this podcast, you do not have to be on Twitter. You can leave. What, and, you know, for, for five minutes, for 10 minutes, for the day, for the week. Right. And the thing is, we know, and obviously because of the last two years, everything that's going on still, you know, screen time is up and all those other things because people are indoors more, right, a lot right. more. But but to your point, doesn't just because you're indoors more, it doesn't mean you have to be on Twitter more, right? Like, right. You can no. watch a movie, read a book, do whatever, right? So yeah. look, um, I started a damn convention. Like get, <laughs> get a hobby. And a pretty fucking good one. Um Great segue too, by the way. What uh, so two years 
um yeah i've been i i've like i've already said a few times i enjoyed immensely uh i love everything about it how was 20 you know 2020 to 2021 for the from the from the convention was there anything you know that was like obviously you changed serve you know there's some some technical stuff you guys changed over yeah did you feel like you'd upped up the game like enough to maybe i don't know like what let's actually maybe let's start with like goal like realistic goals for you guys for this type of thing maybe is more important because you know did you are you you have to be goal oriented i assume in something like this and yes you know did you but you seem both very intelligent to me so there's you you wouldn't have like shot for the moon after after one year i maybe you did i don't know but like you know talk about sort of like realistic realistic ideas and goals compared to like really just practical ones and you know how were those met go you know from 2020 to 2021 uh well when when it started it was <clears throat> you know we wanted obviously it to center uh bipoc uh black indigenous and people of color um and that was you know we fire itself is um it's a limited demographic we only publish black writers uh we wanted to open it up um, you know, to other marginalized uh, races and ethnicities, um, because we are not the least, you know, marginalized. And so in doing that, uh, we had to make sure, um, you know, that our staff uh, represented all of that and that they cared as much about that as the core tenet um, of the event. Uh, what we basically, um, I had never run uh, a con before. Uh, I don't think any of us I don't think many of us had much con experience um, either year. Um, what what had happened was uh, we watched on Twitter uh, primarily uh, some fan blogs, things like that, uh, reactions that some of these legacy, these more prestigious uh, genre conventions. Uh, so some of the feedback that they were getting about some of their practices, uh, things were inaccessible um you know marginalized people were priced out of participation um there were you know all, all con staffs are are volunteers so you aren't to expect too much professionalism out of them Th- things like that um and we were like mm, that sounds like bullshit um on all of those fronts and so we wanted not only for this to center um you know people who are not white because that's what all of these other cons had it was just like a whole bunch of white people and then like the occasional token brown face on a panel um we wanted to center all of those people and then we also wanted to uh debunk all of these excuses uh rob these organizations of their excuses as um you know for why they were failing massive segments of the community um so uh we did that um <laughs> and it it, it was not easy. I mean, it wasn't difficult. Um, it came down to uh, paying attention to detail. Um, Iori Kusano, who was one of our bonfire, um, formerly fringe uh, coordinators, she and I uh, taught a class for Clarion West um, on con running. Um, and it all boiled down to attention to detail and treating centering people instead of context mm. in 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 the convention right um and so you know that with, with that came making sure that you know people weren't up at 2 a.m to participate in panels um making sure that we weren't charging people 200 300 dollars um you know a ticket in order to cover some kind of costs um we start with our our baseline budget we made sure that um, captioning was built in there. It's not something that we felt should have been an afterthought or something that needed to be funded separately. Um, so it just, it, it came down to making sure that the people uh, we were serving felt like they were being served, felt like they were being cared for. Um, and when we were able to do that, when we were able to give all of these black and brown faces um, space to actually talk about what they wanted to talk about as opposed to the you know token diversity 101 panel uh, the explainers of afrofuturism 
uh, for like the 17th time, um, you know, for people who don't know what it is, because what, what are we talking about? Um, it created some amazing content. Um, Brent was uh, head of programming uh, for, for both years, um, a lot more hands-on in, in the first year. So definitely um, foundational in how we, you know, progress into the second year. Um, but I mean, feedback was that we, you know, we did what we came to do and it became something that, you know, people continue to look forward to. Brent, Brent what was like the most challenging part about the first one and did that challenge get any easier for the second one? So the most challenging thing for the first one, I would say was um, <laughs> making sure I was putting the right people on the right panels for maximum effect. And no, it did not get easier the next year. In fact, it got much <laughs> harder. It got, it got significantly harder the next year, but yeah, because it's because and see this this goes back to kind of what I was saying about social media. Sometimes listening is a lot more beneficial than talking because in by observing people and and seeing the things that they like to talk about, seeing the things that they're enthusiastic about, it it made it it made it a bit easier figuring out. Okay, this person has five threads about world building. Let me put them on this world building panel. All right, this person always is talking about economics in um a post-global warming whatever society will throw them on that like so it, it, so again you know tying it back into social media and how you use it if you're taking the time to listen to people and and listen to them earnestly and observe them and actually be interested in what they have to say and this would go to any con runner programming shouldn't be that hard um, same question for both. What has surprised you the most the past couple of years? And do you have a favorite moment? Uh, what has surprised me the most? Uh, the sheer number of people who don't read their emails. Um, <laughs> for, for writers, uh, most of our, our, our core uh, base, most of the content and everything was geared toward uh, writers. They do not read. Um, and I am not a person... I, I don't I don't like to repeat myself. So it, it was extremely frustrating um, and difficult to have to, you know, rein in rein myself in <laughs> when when those things happen. But uh, yeah, that's that's the the main thing. Um, that and the number of um, white people who still who who read our mission, um, who read FiCon for Black, Indigenous, and people of color in speculative literature or speculative fiction, whatever that, that subtitle is, um, and still expected um, to be centered or catered to. That was also remarkable, but Ooh. not surprising. Yeah. <clears throat> um, so I guess for me, what, um, what I guess was a surprising is, oh God, I'll just say it, the lack of professionalism amongst so-called publishing professionals like that surprised me like yeah. and and i say this because like most of my like day job career has been in like corporate settings so i was fool enough to think that you know that's the kind of level of professionalism i was dealing with when you know contacting some of these people within the industry and hell no it was not it was it was it was very shocking the way that um, some of these people talk to uh, talk to us and, you know, but at the same time, we'll be right on Twitter, you know, talking about how much they want more diversity in the industry and, you know, how their workplace is so bad because there's not enough of them. And, you know, it was it unfortunately has made me cynical about a lot of some of that, because now I'm like, is it the workplace or is it you? Because right. I know how you talk to me in the inbox. So. <laughs> And, and yeah, so that was the most surprising it's, thing. It's been revealing. Yeah. 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 <laughs> really a, a don't meet your heroes situation. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Oh, that's tough. What about yeah. a favorite moment, Brent? A uh, favorite moment. Okay. Um, without a doubt, M dash, I think that has been the mm. most fun. Um, you know, people love it. People, 
other cons have actually tried to like have it at their con, like try to get me to do it. And, um, you know, I'm like, no, this is a fire brand thing. But um, yeah, that, that's been my most like fun moment. Um, and at God, I'm so sorry. Apologies. Cause I'm sure you've been asked this already, but for, uh, do you think it'll ever be an in-person event? Uh, um, or at so, least, a, or at least a hybrid maybe. So if, if it, if it is ever in person, it would have to be hybrid. We yes. can't, yeah. hi, hi, um, virtual events. It allows so many people who don't get to participate in things to participate. So there's no way. Um, I can co-sign any convention that's going back to an in-person model, right. not having a virtual component. Like you have no excuse. You you had two years to learn how to, fi- you to, to figure it out. Yeah. Um, for FireCon specifically though, uh, it's, it's the event itself is going to be on um, hiatus for a bit. Um, and this is coming off of um, our, 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 our last event. <clears throat> um a lot of the negativity uh, we received from uh, the members of the community we were trying to serve uh, was inexcusable. Um, the uh, the the harassment, just the rudeness, the disrespect. Um, uh, I, I'm very protective of of my staff. Like they're they're good people. They do good work. They don't deserve you know the shit that they put up with this year. Um, uh, they need a break. Uh, we're all writers. Uh, we've put our personal projects on hold for two years um, in service of the community, and we were met with that. Um, uh, the, the weekend itself was phenomenal. I mean, you know, when people showed up, uh, you know, their enthusiasm, their appreciation almost made it worth it. You know, it was, um, it, it, it was being able to actually be in that environment and see how special it was to so we had um 1076 people registered um so over a thousand people present and just living for the content and for the sense of community and you know making the connections you know we were we were able to help them um make those that's the that's why we do it yeah those are the people, um, you know, we we do it for. But our closing ceremony, uh, which was, you know, if you attended the first year, yep. um, you know, it's it's just like a, a debrief with some of the, the key members um, of the staff. This one ran an hour and a half, um, and it w- a lot of it was our um, venting, you know, talking about the event, you know, things that made us happy and stuff. But we had to love on each other because of so much viciousness that we were met with. Like the, this closing ceremony was the first time a lot of our staff members cried happy tears during the, you know, during the process. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's, it, it's, it's unfortunate. Um, I mean, we may come back, you know, a couple years down the line, um, but for 2022, at least it's a no-go. Um, and that, that's so we can kind of, return to you know why we got into writing or why we got into publishing in the first place right um and the the hope is that some of these other cons or you know ones that haven't been born yet um you know take elements of what we did and adopt it and because that, that that's that's what we did it for we we didn't intend you know to be the only con that was centering these people or the only con that was doing things this way um we're We've been transparent and we share our, our processes and resources and stuff with anyone who um, who asks. Um, so we, we hope to see, you know, some of these elements wind up um, in other events so that not everybody has has to rely on the one con right. a year to, um, to, to serve them. Yeah, it's, it's one thing to get shit from the people you expect it from, but. <laughs> that, it, right. it, it was it was very disappointing. Yeah, that's uh, it's it's so fucking crushing to hear that, LD. I remember like a couple things that were sort of out in the socials about with the one person about you know money and <laughs> yeah, like that that person. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, just the fact there's so much more of it behind the scenes that we don't know about. It just fucking breaks my goddamn heart. And um, yeah. just as a fan and and just somebody who appreciates 
how much work goes into these things. And uh, it's just, it's like, ugh, it's like, fuck you. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, that's, that's, that sucks to hear really. I'm just such a huge fan of it. Well, I mean, I know I'm speaking for, I mean, you know, this too, hopefully one day when, if you guys are able to bring it back, that would be amazing, obviously. But um, I mean, we'd love to do it in person. I, we'd love to do a, yeah, a hybrid thing. Yeah. And that's, the, the Ignite Awards will, will continue, you know, next sure. year, but the, the con itself will not know. Speaking of in-person events and awards, uh, Discon 3, Hugo Awards coming up in December. Um, is you guys just going to like parachute in? You're going to fucking invade <laughs> Washington or like what's congratulations. But again, we've talked about the Hugos Thank a you. bit, but two, two awards this year. The one for some reason that I read or hear that they didn't think you should have been nominated for for the yes. yeah best yes. related work. So apparently I'm I'm only vaguely familiar with the Hugos and whatever their shit show is that goes on behind the scenes every single year, because I only ever hear terrible things. Um, (laughs) But that was uh, the best related work category. Traditionally, I believe allegedly uh, goes to a work of nonfiction that is related to the community or industry, something like that. Um, And it, it, it felt unfair or something um to a certain contingent of people that a convention um was nominated uh, and it's there there's a there's a cross section here there's a venn diagram of people who didn't like that we were nominated and didn't like you know that the fuck george R. R. martin piece uh was nominated so <laughs> which yeah. again i'm looking at it and i just the fact that they're placed I don't know how they organize these, but whatever order, but it's like, know. it's fucking chef's kiss that you guys are right above the George R. R. Martin can fuck off into the yeah. side. Um, well, listen, and listen, apologies to the last BronyCon person, but I, I just, I think uh, you guys are, uh, anyways. Uh, so, um, I mean, what, I believe the Hugos have a, have a no award option. So it could right, be some people right. who just, you know, thought that nobody gets anything, which is yeah. fine. We'll be there to party anyway. Well, that's right. what I was going to say. So talk to me about, you know, this will be the sort of, we'll wrap up here in a few minutes. Um, talk to me about that. You guys, is the whole team going? Like how many people are going? Are you excited? What's going on? Uh, we've got. It's like with team. It's like five or six. Oh, okay. it's, it's me, you, it's Eddie, it's Andre, it's Nia, Nia, Danny's um, a maybe. So it's 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 maybe like seven or eight people who are going in person, and yeah. then like another seven or eight people who are attending uh, virtually. Right. Um. So. Is this... I I I hope I hope the virtual you know people attending virtually have an actual experience and are not like an afterthought. Right. Um. Yeah, I, I used to live in DC, so it's like going home for a second. Oh, nice. We have friends there. It's going to be a whole thing. So a big, big, big. It's, big it's my, it's like my vacation. I Is haven't it... had a vacation in a very long time. <laughs> um, Brent was saying before that he's he. This is he hasn't really been to. He's been to some in person events, but nothing publishing related necessarily. Is this going to be your first uh, pandemic? Because I, I was I, I brought it up because I'm actually going to Y'all Fest next week in South Carolina there. And that is going to be my first, like other than going to the movies, that's the first time I've been around people <laughs> at all. So. Um, yeah. I went to buy a couch at some point um, <laughs> and that was like, Oh God, people know. Yeah. Um, let's see. I think I went to, I was living in Florida. I went to ALA something down there. So there was that, that was pre pandemic. Okay. Um, I didn't, I was just there for the books. I didn't really talk to anybody. Right. It was, it was massive and overwhelming and I just didn't. Um, uh, my conventions, I usually like PlayStation experience. Yep. Is, <laughs> um, yeah. Like that's like when there's something tangible to do, I'm not really like a panel person um, or anything. So I'll, I'll definitely buy some stuff. This um, is going to be your first though, real big outing yeah. right? for like pandemic post i keep saying post but we're still fucking in it um yeah, yeah. it's so i know it, it's Post-ish pandemic light pandemic light yeah uh, yeah this would be the first thing um mayor robinette's running it and i know she you know takes 
the, the precautions and everything seriously. So I'm not too worried about that. And I'm fully prepared to spend a lot of time either offsite or like yeah. in my room. Right. I don't, <laughs> right. I, I don't absolutely need to be around. Right. That's what I was saying people. about y'all fest too. I trust the organizers. They released their COVID policy. It seems pretty good to me and uh, I don't have any issues. Um, so the year's almost over. Uh, here's your chance to maybe, uh, if you guys want to shout a few things out that you've been really enjoyed this year. It doesn't even have to be publishing, but that would be uh, ideal. But it can be anything, really, because we're, we're Shout all... out to Animal Crossing, Nintendo, nice. for releasing that update early. <laughs> nice. There you go. It's been great. Yep. Uh, <laughs> um, Unfettered Hexes uh, from Neon Hemlock okay. is uh, coming to your face. Um, I have a story in it. Um, a lot of FireCon staff members have stories in it, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, Susan, uh, yep. Danny, a uh, bunch of people probably. I should probably actually crack it open. I just I've been busy getting FireCon archives on on right. the thing, so I have not been doing what I'm supposed to do. Um, but what, what do you got, Brent? Um, okay, publishing related. So I read the post shit ton. Um. Oh, so nothing but black and teeth from Cassandra Kaw is. I like, won't read that book because the cover scares the shit out of me. It's it's <laughs> it's creepy as hell, and like yeah. the way that like Cassandra uses prose is just. Oh, I I've don't heard even. Good things. It's it's in a cart with, What's, uh, with um, Ken Liu's veiled veiled yeah. prose. Like all consuming world, that was the one she released a couple months ago, right? And that. So uh, I have that one too. I haven't yeah. actually cracked it open. Yet. See, we're the opposite because I read that one and not. Uh, black and teeth but yeah she's like i'm not smart enough for her books she's way too fucking smart for me like she she writes in a way that i'm just like i would need a thesaurus next to me and a dictionary and all this other stuff yeah 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 no i'm also not a big horror thriller guy but anyways i do have that book it's right here i could see it but that's cover man it's really (laughs) good that's another really good awesome on the complete opposite end of the spectrum is this is a writing advice craft book but um never say you can't survive from charlie jane anders has been really good and it's really been inspiring and it's like kicking me in my ass to finish this manuscript that i really need to finish so yeah yeah she's had a good year she's had a really good year yeah yeah um awesome well again uh one last boot licking here before i let you guys go Uh, (laughs) i'm such a huge fan of the magazine and 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 the con i look forward to it so much and uh if hopefully one day it comes back and I'll definitely be, uh, I'll be attending no matter what. I'm a lifer now for sure. Um, and in person, virtual. We, we have a few people who, who have said that. So, I mean, it's, yeah, right. it's, it's not dead. It's just sleeping. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. And I totally understand it. Um, it's, it's even if you were to sort of somehow magically take away all the negative bullshit and, and the attacks, it's just a lot. I, I know it's a lot of fucking work and you guys yes. must. Just, and, and again, that's on top of, you're already amount of fucking work, which you're already doing. So um, it's, it's an, yeah, it's a incredible amount of work. And, and again, shout out, even though I'm, yes, I'm speaking to you too, but I know there's a big team you guys work with and, and yeah. And I'm sure everyone uh, is just as, is burnt out and tired and everyone's got their own stuff going on and it's an amazing thing. And, and uh, if there was any, I think maybe the best compliment I can give it, if, you know, now knowing about a lot of the negative stuff that was going on behind the scenes, it didn't show, that weekend that and uh, that good. that was by design we want yeah. we knew that the thing was born out of just like pain and suffering yeah and we didn't want increased ticket sales or something like that just because we were being harassed or something so we right. kept it we kept it quiet you know well that's we a, that's a classy thing to talk do to too. each like, other yeah, yep. yeah 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 so it was yeah. just and it, 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 it was great i mean it was it was just a, a light in yet another shitty year so yeah um, it's the only, like I said, uh, the, the only thing maybe I would do is maybe more, this is be more work maybe for Brent, but <laughs> more, or actually, or whoever decides the, uh, you know, this, uh, more category awards, more award categories, because I'm tired of like being torn in the categories, about which book I want to win because <laughs> I love them all so much. <laughs> it's so hard, right? When you're, there's just, so we have just, to break it down. Science fiction, fantasy, horror, I guess <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. It's, it's, a, it's an embarrassment of riches, isn't it? I mean, you just look at these award Like, it's so fucking stacked, every category. It's amazing. But um, uh, thank you both so much for coming on. Please enjoy the rest of the year. Have a really good time in Washington. And, of course, good luck at the awards. Um, this is your year, right? It's got to be. 
Sure, <laughs> yeah, probably. I hope so. We'll see. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah. we, we, it's it's an uphill, uh, it's an uphill battle, but we've all got you know strong legs. We're all right. It's it's listen. It's nice to be nominated, but goddamn it, it's even nicer to win, isn't it? I, I wouldn't know. Haven't won anything yet. We'll see. Uh, well, thank you, thank you both so much for taking the time. I really appreciate it. Absolutely, Absolutely. you're always yeah. a joy. Thank you. There you have it. Another episode of Everything Is Canon all wrapped up. Huge thanks to both Brent and LD for taking the time to chat. I'm such an admirer of the work that they do and the kind of people that they are. Head on over to fireletmag.com to find out more and how you can help. As always, be sure to subscribe to the podcast wherever you choose to listen, and head on over to cinelinks.com for the latest movie, TV, books, and gaming news. Please continue to be safe out there. Bye for now.